This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cost. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Thursday the 5th of May, this is episode 209. How's it going Damon? Good. Uh, we have uh, exciting exciting stuff all over the map, all over the globe, spanning the globe for New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's why everyone's here and ready to listen for our hot takes and not so hot takes. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, Feels good to be a, uh, in such a positive frame of mind. Everyone that I've spoken with is in a positive frame of mind for the direction of our favorite promotion. So um, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it, Joe? But <laughs> we're finally. I feel like we're in the clear. We had a question actually from our good friend Andrew T. Rich huh. over at Music on the Bat. He says, since you guys are so toxically positive about a stupid, awful, rotten company like New Japan, what's your secret for staying alive for so long? <laughs> staying alive? We, we're, to- we're toxically positive now. We're, we're the toxic positive. We exist in this sort of Schrodinger's cat space where uh, half of the fan base thinks we're too negative and the other half, well, <laughs> I don't want to call them the fan base, think we're too positive. So we, we can't win. I'll tell you the, really? the answer, Andrew, is it's, I'm doing it out of spite. Purely yeah. out of spite, deliberately enjoying something bad and wrong to to own the people who've just who've lost all hope and joined their lives. So every smile and every cheer from us is just it's a dagger in their hearts. I'll tell you what it it here's what it does. Knowing that again, as you described, half of half of them think we're overly positive, which I think is hilarious. Half of them think that we're overly negative, which I think is hilarious. Uh, and there's that 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 small pocket of of smart, sharp New Japan Pro Wrestling fans that know know where their bread is buttered. I love it. You know what I mean? Like that's to me, that's I, I can't think of a better place to be. I can't think of yeah. like, imagine if everybody was like, oh, they're so positive all the time. And I mean that how who could listen to that? And then the other side of the coin, oh, they're always fucking shitting on we shit when it's time to shit. We eat when it's time to eat. I don't know what that meant, but you know what I mean. <laughs> That's a great, great. Just make it up as I go. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think the best indicator for where we are now is our Discord, where everyone disagrees on everything, and everyone's constantly, everyone thinks everyone else is wrong, and constantly making fun of each other. But during that Don Taku show, everyone came together, and it was just like this big. Everyone was basically seeing Kumbaya together. This just coming together of uh, joy and happiness about just what great shirt is and the feeling that we really have turned the corner and we have such exciting stuff to look forward to. We did it. We, we got through the dark days. I really feel that. I, I feel that. And, and, and I'll be very truthful. It, it, this was not the greatest show I've ever seen. You know, it's not like we're sitting here and saying, oh my God, everything was great and everything. no. I don't think that'll be the case today, but I think this was the, uh, the first show in a long time where every fucking match had a, oh my God, you know, you're, 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 you're kind of shocked. And, and in some cases, very shocked. And that's 
to me, I enjoy that element of pro wrestling more than I love. Here's the thing. I love being wrong. I love being wrong more than I like being right. I like being wrong when I, more than I like being right. I swear to you. And people will be like, oh, you're fucking wrong enough. Well, okay. A little bit. But I, I, to me, that's great. I, that is fantastic. In this day and age, holy shit, I love it. Love it. Uh, and, okay, look. Are, are, can I guess what people, because I don't, I have, because everybody I talked to was was very positive uh, on the show. People who have been shitting on New Japan for two years came came to me and were like, "This that was a good show. Um over over bullet club stuff it was bullet club heavy is that what the big complaint was yeah i i I suspect most of the criticism is from people who don't really watch the products regularly i think it's people who are either just enjoy shitting on new japan for clout or people who sort of drop in for you know wrestle kingdom main event a, a g1 final and then you just look at it and think oh bullet club oh this that and uh, I mean, we'll get into it later, but I think for people like us who actually watch it regularly, it was more, this show is more of what it indicated about what has changed in terms of sort of logistics of the company and, and travel, international travel, and what it indicates for the future as well. Yeah. And how it just feels like we've got over that hump where we were stuck with the same roster and no one's allowed really coming in or out. It's just like a big freshening up. And so, yeah, we'll definitely get into it, but uh, exciting times coming up. Yeah, I mean, it felt like you're exactly right. I mean, just the idea of fresh matchups and, you know, some old faces, some new faces, some, some you know, faces that we didn't think would be back. Um, but that, again, that's exciting. Every match had, had, had a little taste of that. Um, and yes, it was Bullet Club heavy, but... Did, I mean, it's Dontaku. Dontaku right. is the Bullet Club anniversary show. It's always Bullet Club heavy. Yeah, remember when they came out with those special uh, kimonos or uh, uh, the 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 it's it's, oh, it's been that way forever. But um, the fact that uh, again we saw we saw old faces come back, and to me that just. I didn't care who it was, just as long as it was somebody new. And I had I had zero problem with it being Bullet Club heavy, none whatsoever. And Bullet Club seems fresh. It feels, you know what it feels like, Joel? It feels like there was a a a nice jolt of energy that shot through everyone, from the company to the to the wrestlers to the fans. Everyone, everyone felt a nice little jolt, and. Uh, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. Yeah, it was like a defibrillator, wasn't it? Yeah. Clear. Beep. <laughs> We're back to life. Yeah. We're ready to go. Yes. Um, so the question on everyone's lips, Damon, uh, well, the, uh, Steel O'Neill putting it into words. Uh, have you seen this? Nothing to do with wrestling, but magical nonetheless. And it's a list of sandwiches on Wikipedia. So I would like to know what your favorite sandwich is. It's been a while since we got an off-topic question, but uh, I when I saw this, I thought, I want to know what Damon's favorite sandwich is. And this is this yeah, is not us. I'm not doing pastrami sandwich. This is not a gimmick. I just, I'm genuinely <laughs> curious what your favorite sandwich is. Okay. I'm um, looking at the list and what do we have here. But uh, I, I, my, my absolute top favorite sandwich. Well, okay. So I'm going to give you my go-to top favorite sandwich and then my favorite sandwich. How about that? Okay. 
because the one you can't always get everywhere, and you'll you'll understand why in a second. First, number one is a good classic Italian hoagie. We call it they call it subs up in fucking New York or what, grinders or whatever. Fuck a good South Philly Italian hoagie, fucking great with the, with the capicola and. Uh, uh, you can do a sharp provolone if you want. You can do a little mozzarella, cheat, uh, tomato, onion. Fantastic. Uh, my, but my favorite all-time sandwich, I don't know if you've heard of it before. Have you ever heard of a, a muffaletta? Yes, I have. But remind me, please. So it's a, it's a New Orleans kind of thing. Uh, a big round uh, roll with a very similar meats to that of the Italian hoagie. Uh, but the major difference being it's this, it's this olive spread that they put on it. Oh, it's so fucking good. So good. Um, that is my favorite sandwich. I'm still scrolling through. I was going to make a short list, but there's <laughs> so much good stuff here. I've only got to H, and I've already got a list of about four. So I'm, I'm a big See, sandwich I guy. Feel like, I feel like I live in a, in a really good sandwich area, like between mm. our cheesesteaks, hoagies, uh, chicken cutlet sandwiches, meatball sandwiches. Like, I feel like re- I really live in a fucking good spot if you're talking about sandwiches. Not for nothing. So I'll give you a uh, smoked salmon cream cheese bagel, the food of my people. Is that a sandwich? Right. We're, we're... No, that's not a sandwich. Bagel doesn't count. Okay, all right. Well, we'll take no. a bagel off. So what about like banh mi, the Vietnamese baguette? Does yes. That count? Yes, it does. Okay, That's so fucking great. One of those. Yep. Got to be an authentic one with pate in it. Uh, uh, croque monsieur, the French it- one with the the ham and the cheese and the bechamel sauce and the yes. grilled gruyere on top. Fantastic. And also, there's this great place in Spain. It's a chain. It's called Cien Montaditos, where they're they're small, sometimes grilled little baguettes. And if you go there on a Wednesday, all of the sandwiches cost one euro. So you can pay like, I don't know, like 10 bucks or something and get this huge platter full of sandwiches and mm-hmm. it rules. It's the best. So That's what I'm talking those about. Those are some of my favorite sandwiches. You know hey, what's good in London? Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. At a, a Borough Market, um, there's like, like this grilled cheese stand. Um, oh, oh, the raclette, the French one. Yes. With the little, yes. Oh, it's amazing. I know exactly oh, what you're talking about. It is so good, dude. Every time we fucking go there. We have to have one. Um, it's always good, like in, like when it's cold outside and you're just huddled around the steaming hot fucking grilled cheese. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that's 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 top ten. I gotta be honest with you, that's top ten for my London peeps. I haven't been back to London since 2016, but we're gonna go back in the summer, Damon. We're gonna do it. Gonna take the kids yeah. over. So I will try to get a trip to Borough Market and get the Reclair sandwich. Take a picture and send it to it. you. Uh, question: Have you received any sandwiches lately in your HelloFresh deliveries? <laughs> oh, no. You know what? Um, we did. We did have a sandwich. Um, well, what the fuck was it? I think it was um, a spicy sausage, sausage and peppers. If I'm not mistaken, um, it was good. It was great. Everything I, I know, I know people can't believe this. I know people don't want to believe it, but I'm telling you flat out, HelloFresh is really good. And here's the thing too: uh, it's convenient and it is uh, 
we, we, we wound up saving money and we still continue to save money. Now, I will say this. Uh, we don't have a kitchen right now. We're redoing our kitchen. So right now we, we have nothing but a refrigerator running. So um, we, I can't, I can't give you the this week's menu, but know that for me, HelloFresh is numero uno. And let me tell you why. Let me give you, let me give you some of the facts and figures here from our good friends at HelloFresh. Uh, again, fresh ingredients. They're delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking fun, easy, and like I said, affordable. That's why it's America's numero uno, Ichiban, number one meal kit. Uh, you know, look, again, they deliver the pre-portioned ingredients to your door, which is super convenient, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get convenience without skimping on the quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in the long lines and ensuring you don't waste money on excess food. It is awesome. Uh, look, here's what I want you to do. All right. You don't have to do it now, but do it. And trust me, you won't regret it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. That's VOW16. And use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. So again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW, Voices of Wrestling, VOW16. Again, use that code, VOW16. Up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Look, I'm telling you flat out, I dig it. I use it. I would highly endorse it uh, for not only saving money, but for really good meals. Uh, it takes the guesswork out of what, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? You don't have to fucking hear that anymore. You know. And the directions are super simple. So get on it. Uh, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use the code VOW16 and get that deal. Get it now. Do it while it's hot. Do it while it's fresh in your mind. Don't worry about driving. Don't worry about that. The car the car probably drives itself. You, you kidding? Just get on there and uh, get your HelloFresh. Trust me. It's good. Thank you, HelloFresh. So just one news item here. I think it's important that we talk about the Chris Dickinson accusations. Uh, there are some horrific stories from former partners of domestic abuse, uh, physical, mental abuse that like, honestly made me sick to my stomach. Just really, really difficult to read. And look, these are accusations. Dickinson has, I mean, to some extent denied them. There are people who are going to demand proof and say innocent until proven guilty and all that. So you've got to draw your own line here with what we've got. But I'll say it. I hope most reasonable people are on the side of believing people who share these harrowing stories and, and uh, applauding them for sharing. And it's the fact that we had two very similar accusations come out in a short space of time makes me personally have no interest in watching Chris Dickinson wrestle again. Now, I'm not going to hold my breath for New Japan to drop him because they've continued to employ people who've done bad things in the past, but we'll wait and see what happens on that one. Yeah, um, I did see those, and that's... It's sad. It really is, man. I, I just... What... What goes through people's minds to to do some of that stuff. I just, I just don't understand it. And again, we are in the accusation part of this and 
I just, I don't know, man. My, my heart goes out to these these people that suffer with, at the hands of people that are just, you know, bigger and stronger and can do <laughs> a lot of damage. It's just, I don't know, it just makes me really sad that, and again, this is naive Damon, but that it goes on still to this day. But here we are. Um, I don't think, I will say that I don't think he should be on any shows. I mean, at, at the very least, until this is, this is investigated, right? I think it would be in very poor taste at this point. Um, and I think most people would would at the very least agree with that. Um, and that's where and that's where it is. We're here again, guys and gals. We're here again, once again. What is it with bald wrestlers, Joe? <laughs> God damn it, Chase! Uh, what are we What are we going to do? Yeah, well, I mean, you can always vote with your feet. You know, let you yes. know how you feel. Um, doesn't always work, but it's something at least. You know it's what though? Start. It's it's worked in the past though. Uh, here's the thing: if you're listening to this show and and it makes you sick to your stomach, you're let your voice be heard. You live in a day and age where that's you can do that. You absolutely can do that. I would encourage you to do that, um, because the company. I mean, look at look at look at Marty, right? I mean that what that whole fiasco. But but the people and I think a lot of that pressure came from the wrestlers themselves. I think both, and and here's the thing too, though. But I think it it should happen from both as well. Like if you're in the locker room, how do you how do you? I it's a it's a huge distraction, right? Like just don't be on these shows. You can work out your life, work on yourself, <laughs> and and you know get these things. Get this situation taken care of. You don't need to be wrestling on shows. Sorry. And if you're in the locker room, I would hope that your voice would be loud and clear on that as well. And the fans, they'll do the same. Um, always remember your money and your 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 credit card. That's that's a pretty loud voice. If, if, if anything else works, if nothing else works, trust me. That works because eventually, if enough people do the same, you know, they listen. They'll listen. All right, let's move on to talk about wrestling Donchaku then. So, this was Sunday, May the 1st in the Fukuoka Dome, Pepe Dome. First match was Shingo Takagi, Bushi, and Shiro Koshinaka losing to the Suzuki Gun team, Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, and Taka. So, um, interesting enough, it was Shingo who took the fall here. Taichi pinned him after 10 minutes, 15 seconds with the Taichi style Geno clutch. So we got another one of these anniversary year guest cameos with Shiro Koshinaka filling in for uh, Fujinami, who unfortunately caught COVID. So we wish him well. Hope he's okay. And Taichi claimed his rematch for Dominion. Um, one of my favorite parts of this feud is the, the backstage bickering. It's an unexpected highlight. It's really worth checking out. It's, it, they're like an old married couple, but <laughs> they're sort of on the verge of making each other laugh. Like Taichi's trying not to corpse as Shingo's uh, proposing a stipulation where the first guy to get a three count wins the match. Uh, it's really funny. So <laughs> if you haven't checked that out, <laughs> do have a look. Uh, so yeah, thoughts on this uh, opening match? Uh, honestly, the the one thing that stood out for me is uh, how Koshinaka 
kept up pretty well. I mean, he, I mean, you know, we were going into this match. We were talking about how Tatsumi Fujinami was, was you know, up there in years, but still, you know, he's not embarrassing himself in the ring. And I felt the same way here. Like, these guys stay in really remarkable shape. I, I'll tell you right now, he's a, he's absolutely a thousand percent in better shape than I am. One hundred thousand percent. Um, you never know when you're going to get a tap on the shoulder, do you? He's got he's got a stage. Don't there. tap me on the shoulder, please. I can barely get up the stairs. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's it is pretty remarkable. Um, I thought it was a decent opening match, you know. And I do like this. Look, if we're going to be doing KOPW for a while. Um, while I would, I don't want to say that these guys are better than that, but if we're going to do it, uh, I have, I really have no problem with these two guys fighting over this dumb trophy. Like I, I don't at all. Um, it, it does make it more interesting. It, trust me. It's a thousand more interesting than anything Yano was involved in. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take this for now. Fine. Totally agree. Uh, second match was Hiromu Takahashi defeating Yo in 9 minutes 59 seconds with a time bomb two. This was a good match. It was a good match, it, but it felt very cold despite Yo's attempts to fire up. like He worked really hard. It was a spirit performance from him, but I don't think it did much for him. I, no. I came away from it thinking, what was the purpose of this? Because I thought it was going to be give him a big win and remind people, you know, this guy was a finalist in last year's Best of the Super Junior. He's, he's a serious contender for this year's Best of the Super Junior, but he looked like a bit of a chump at the end because Hiromu just put him away quite comfortably. And, I mean, I think he will get his win back over Hiromu in the blocks because they're in the same block, but it just feels pretty aimless following that horrible show feud. So what did you make of it? Yeah, I felt sorry for the poor guy, actually. Under 10 minutes. <laughs> Under 10 minutes, second match in a match, right? That you're right. He 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 lost definitively. <laughs> like there was no slip on a banana peel. There was no well. It could have gone either. Like it was fucking lights out. Um, yeah, and the, the best of the Super Juniors final. That was like the longest final right. Super Juniors final ever, wasn't it? It was like nearly an hour. Yo's pushing her onto his absolute limits, but here he's just you know getting it done in under ten. Right. It, it didn't. I don't, it didn't uh, look to me. That means they, they're doing something with yo. You know what I mean? Like, like they are, they are revamping that guy, whether it's a turn or it's a, uh, a new, a something new, because I don't think you, re, I don't think just getting a win in a random best of the super junior match with, with Hiromo means all that much. I'm gonna be, you know, I just don't, I don't see it. Um, this is a, this is a decent, high-profile match. Second match on the show, mind you, but like, what do you do at Yo now? Like, where, where is this guy going? Uh, and it, it, it really did scream to me, like, okay, we're going to give him something new because we have to put this one to bed. Like, I just, that's, that's, that's what I felt coming out of it. Our third match on the card was Tangaloa defeating Yujiro Takahashi, 11 minutes, 33 seconds with Apeshit. I enjoyed 
Tangelo's outfit. I don't know if it was supposed to be a Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z cosplay, but it looked great anyway. Uh, I wasn't looking forward to this one on paper, but to be fair to House of Torture, and I will talk about this more later, they have done a tremendous job in kickstarting the G.O.D. babyface run. Crowder into it, they're into this match. I mean, this match, was it was pretty basic, but it served its purpose in giving Tangelo some of the spotlight, some shine. Yeah, I mean, seriously, if you want to if you want to make someone a babyface, have them fuse with House of Torture. Of course, I mean, no-brainer, right? I mean, we've spent two years with House of Torture fucking everybody over. If anybody's going to get some revenge, let's get, let's let's and and you need to turn these guys into baby faces, then yes, that this is this is the way to go. Um, match was okay. I mean, you know, let's let's be. I, I didn't. Not that I didn't care for the match, but it was okay. Like like here's the thing: if I told you Tungaloa and Yujiro were going to have a singles match that went over 10 minutes. I think you would think in your mind exactly what you saw on TV, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and this is the kind of match where I want the extra stuff, like, you know, Tangela powerbombing show and beating up Dick Togo and fucking about on the outside of the ring and stuff. So, yeah, it, it served its purpose. Smoke and mirrors you need. You need a little smoke and mirrors. So, all right. That's fine. Uh, it was okay. Fourth match, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships with the champions 6 or 9. Yusuke Taguchi of Master Wato defeating Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Doki. 9 minutes, 10 seconds. Taguchi pinning Kanemaru with a roll-up where he had his tights down and had his bum oh. on Kanemaru's face. And I believe he had... Rocky's eye patch on his anus. Uh, so that was the story of the match. When the story of the match is Taguchi going commando, then you know what you're getting. Um, I mean, look, Yano wasn't on this card, so we needed someone for the ha-has, and this was the ha-has match. Uh, it was fine. I'll never think about it again, but I am intrigued about future challenges for this team because we've got best of super juniors coming up, so tag titles will be on ice for now. But what say you to a United Empire challenger team of Akira and TJP? Mm. That might be quite interesting, but... Uh, yeah, match was it was a, a funny comedy match. It was okay. Well, what is funny about a, like a bare ass? Can I be very brutally honest with that question? Well, because usually in society you're not allowed to get your bum out. Uh-huh. So when you do, it's shocking and amusing <laughs> to is some it? people. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen Taguchi's bum quite a lot. It's become right. sort of quite normal at this point normalized to gucci's bare buttocks people yes it really is i like i get no reaction whatsoever i don't even i get nothing i i, I like i don't giggle i don't laugh i'm like uh, he's showing his ass again i <laughs> i just don't understand it like and and here's the thing too i think the people that watch new japan have watched enough pro like they've seen enough asses have we se- have we seen enough bare Asses in pro wrestling. We had one in the previous match when uh, Peter was accompanying Yujiro to ring. That's true too. We've seen it. This was a ass heavy and ass centric show. I just feel like in all- Taguchi was getting annoyed watching Peter go. Like, oh, she's, she's stealing my heat, brother. <laughs> right, steal my gimmick. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I to me between Flair and Shawn Michaels and. Countless others. Oh, I can't think of right now. Taguchi. Uh, I, f- I feel like I've seen enough of the of the pull down the trunk spot. It's pretty pretty passe, if you if you ask me. 
The next match was the fifth match, the IWGP Tag Team Championship three-way match between the champions, Khan on the Cobb, Jeff Cobb, Great O'Khan, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto, Bishamon, and Bad Luck Farley and Chase Owens. So it finished in 9 minutes 42 seconds with Chase Owens pinning Hiroki Goto following the rocket launcher elbow drop. So Chase Owens and Bad Luck Farley are the new IWGP Tag Champions. So this was done under Tongan Tornado rules. Damon, do you know what Tongan Tornado is? A Tongan Tornado is a tornado in the Isle of Tonga, right? So this, I've looked this up in Urban Dictionary. I'm going to read it out now. I haven't read this before. Uh, This technique requires an electric drill with the drill bit replaced with either a cylindric rough splintered piece of wood, sometimes covered in coarse sandpaper. This piece is then inserted into the anal cavity. The drill is then activated. This allows ripping into a layer of the rectal lining. This technique is best used when the recipient has diarrhea. The recipient must also empty themselves whilst being drilled. The drill is quickly then replaced by their partner's mouth, allowing the free flow of feces and blood to fart into their mouth. This is then kissed into the recipient's mouth. This can cause serious mouth infections. This technique took off in the last decade and hit the mainland in 2001. So... Is this Tongan Tornado better or worse than Bad Luck Farley and Chase Owens winning the heavyweight tag titles? <laughs> that is unbelievably disgusting. Uh, and that description of, with that drill is even worse. Um, uh, is, I mean, is, uh, <laughs> is that a, a real sexual practice? Have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> I have not. No, no I'm not. Not in my wildest I don't want dreams. to sort of doubt the veracity of Urban Dictionary, mm. but... Good point. You take it up with them. I'll tell you um, what. I mean, this might. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. Go. I was just going to say. I was. I was. Uh, that, that, even if it's not real, that's a lot of effort. I mean, we really we covered all bases with with that, with that in the, uh, urban. Like, there's nothing left to your imagination. It's it's clear cut steps that need to occur for a Tongan tornado. Um, the match, Joel. You ask. I didn't hate it. I, I here's what I hate. I don't like – I'm not a big fan of the uh, – we pinned the non-champion, but now I'm the champion. I'm, I, I, I'm, I really don't like that stipulation at all because um, I just feel like they just get out. Like it's 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 like the modern-day double count-out. Like you don't want the champions to lose, but you, you, know, you needed a, a decent program. I would Nobody picked – I don't. I don't. I don't know anybody who picked Bad Luck Folly and Chase to win those titles. That's for sure. So, it, in a strange way, I kind of liked the surprise element of it. Uh, I didn't look. I like a cob corn on the cob, cob on the con on the cob. Uh, I like them. They're one of my favorite tag teams. They're one of my favorite things in New Japan. Um, and I'm sure we'll have rematches and shit like that. So yeah, I, the rematch is confirmed for Dominion. There you go. All right. So then maybe it's just a quickie, you know, just a just a little uh little little cup of coffee with the with the belts for Chase and Fale. Maybe well, you know, maybe not. But uh yeah, I think the surprise element of it I enjoyed more than anything else. That and the description of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did enjoy Ocon in his new red gear, looking very fierce there. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, the match was good. It was very fast paced. It flew by. Uh, it did fall into that US style of mm-hmm. half the guys having a nap on the outside while the guys in the ring 
work through their spots. So I do prefer my tag matches two on two, having a bit more time to breathe. But I mean, that's the nature of the beast with these nine match big shows. So uh, I, you know, I was quite disappointed and shocked that Khan on the Cobb lost, like you. I, I did not see Chase and Farley winning beforehand, but it made sense by the end of the show, given the Bullet Club themes. And of course, you say Khan and the Cobb didn't get pinned. They're getting their rematch at Dominion, where hopefully they'll win it back, but they might not. I mean, it depends what the plans are for Cobb or O'Connor at this point. Um, I mean, I hear O'Connor is in line for getting a big push, so we'll see. Uh, but I hope they do win it back because they are uh, my second favourite tag team in the company. So we'll see how that one plays out. The next thing that happened were the Best of the Super Junior announcements. Mm. And uh, I suppose I should have had the names in front of me <laughs> no, so I could no. read that out. I just didn't think of doing that. Oh, gosh, what a terrible co-host that That's right. No, you now. I've got, you got, them? I've got them on my phone. Uh, I took a screenshot because while this show was happening, me and the family went for a drive to a farm to spend the, the Sunday evening together. Oh. And I specifically told Mally to drive because I knew they were going to announce <laughs> Best of the Super Junior Blocks. So I didn't want to be driving the car when it was announced. Uh, so Block A, we got Taguchi, Yo, Clark Connors, Hiromu, Kanemaru, Ace Austin, Alex Zane, Francesco Akira, Taiji Shimori, and Sho. B Block, we've got Watto, Robbie Eagles, Titan, Bushi, Desperado, Doki, El Lindemann, Wheeler Yuta, TJP, and El Fantasma. Now, this is this is a fucking great lineup. That is really good. A great it? lineup. And when I saw 20 slots, when they showed the blocks, I was rubbing my hands together because we knew there was good stuff coming, and it did not disappoint. Is there everyone that I wanted? No. I mean, Mascara Dorada is he's having some visa issues, according to Lucha Blog. I mean, we know for a fact that New Japan were keen on getting him in. Ryu Lee, I fear he may have closed that door for now with his uh, triple A affiliation. And I think a lot of us expected Chris Bay. But any disappointment at those emissions were very, very short-lived when we got the full blocks. It way exceeded my expectations. We got... IWGP Junior Champion. We got the Impact X Division Champion, the ROH Pure Champion, the Glate G-Rex Champion, the CMLL World Welterweight Champion. It really feels like a best of the best field of all the top junior heavyweights across the world. And the biggest surprise for me is Wheelie Utah, who is yep. red hot in AW right now. They are focusing on getting him over. He's getting big spots on Dynamite. It's working. So I'm shocked and also delighted that he's been allowed to work this tournament, given the lack of weight divisions in AW and the fact that he'll be away from TV for a while. And it bodes extremely well for cooperation between, you know, not just New Japan and AW, but all of these other companies like Impact and CMLL and, and Glade. So very exciting times. I mean, that B-Block is absolutely stacked and we're going to preview it properly next week, but I can't fucking wait for this. It's fantastic. It's better than I, than I would think. I mean, I, and I sat here and said, yeah, I doubt that they'll have any AEW. I wouldn't hold your breath on that. Uh, you know, even the, the the impact. I was like, well, you know, you might get Chris Bay, but um, and 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 even like the dojos, uh, the dojo boys. Like I, I didn't. I I was like, eh, maybe not right now. We got a taste of everything. Like this is like the Super J Cup of the best of the Super Junior. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like. They, I, what more could they have done to make this as fresh and as exciting and as and as you know the possible matchups are sexy as hell. There's a lot. There's a lot to get into here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how anybody could not be excited. It's uh, well, I, like I will wrong. say this, Damon. I, I know you're looking forward to the tournament. I must warn you, there have been reports of Jado and Dick Togo in the undercard tag matches 
of these shows. Is that affecting your excitement in any way? Are you, are you thinking of cancelling your subscription over this bombshell? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, don't watch it. <laughs> it's very simple. No one watches them. Yeah. No one watches, the no one watches them. You don't have to watch them. I mean, if you want to watch them, or, hey, let's say that there is a uh, a sacrificial lamb who will watch everything. And maybe they'll tweet out something or send post something somewhere or a podcast might talk about it that, you know, sparks your interest. Oh, it was an interesting angle. Oh, this happened. And then you can go back and watch. You, you won't feel like you missed anything. But please don't, don't, don't. If, if do you think I sit there and back in the day and was like, all right, fucking Jimmy Valiant on my TV. Woohoo! No, no, never. I oh, oh, Denny Brown's on my TV. Woo! No, no, no. I waited for the good stuff. The good stuff. You don't have to watch everything. Don't have to watch everything. That's something I I will tell you flat out. I will I will skip. <laughs> I will I will skip those tag matches because. Well, here's the thing too. Is it? In, in past years, you only got the uh, best of the Super Junior matches, right? They didn't even show the whole entire undercard, did they? Like, you just got, like... Uh, well, it was paired up with World Tag League, wasn't it? Uh, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. Fuck. That would have been great. I I love that. Just popping in, three matches, boop, you're done. And you, Here's the thing. You can do that yourselves. You can do it yourselves. Don't feel obligated. Right. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Not that hard. Let's move on then. The sixth match is the Never Openweight Championship with Tamatonga, the challenger, defeating the champion Evil. 30 minutes, 25 seconds with the gun stun. This is one of the matches where, like we talked about before, there's a huge disconnect between regular watchers and very casual fans. So some people who don't watch the product regularly might hand wave this as, oh, Tamatonga, House of Torture, Evil, boring. To me, this is a very cool payoff to a very long story in terms of Tamma's redemption. I think he's excelled since the turn. The crowd love him. He absolutely deserves this. He's been killing it since the G1 last year. And Evil was the perfect guy to put him over. I mean, plus there's the added spice of Jado and Dick Togo on the outside. And look, House of Torture, I think they found their perfect spot on this roster. They're rarely in the main event. Most of the time, they're just a mid-card heel act. They're all grown into their roles. They're more creative with the shithousery, like the Dick Togo bell ringing spot. I thought that was great. I think they're extremely effective, as I said earlier, in getting quality babyface heat, putting over the right people at the right time. It's working. It's right. working, Damon. It took a while, but it's working. And, you know, people who do the whole performative, oh, New Japan's bad because of Dick Togo and House of Torture, they're simply not paying attention. And I might have agreed with that six months ago, but this was, and I keep using this phrase, this is proof of concept that House of Torture are good, actually. Thanks. So, look, if you still hate them, fine. This is what, the sixth match out of nine? 13 minutes long on a four-plus-hour show. So can we stop this, please, with the bitching and moaning about House of Torture? I mean, if you dislike the matches so much, skip them. It's okay. No one's going to force you to watch them. But for me, they're actually a great change of pace and a different flavour that's actually quite refreshing and entertaining in these nine-match shows. So the Jado payoff with a kendo stick on Dick Togo was great. Closing stretch was really hot. That that spot with Tamo leaping over the ref to hit the gun stun. Jado jumping up and down, waving his hands around. Just a great pop for Tamo getting the win. Nice moment for him. He richly deserves that. Evil worked his socks off to put Tamo over. Big thumbs up from me. 
in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arenaclub.com slash v-o-w net arenaclub.com slash v-o-w net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network um i'm i'm not going to sit here and tell you that house of torture is one of my favorite things it's not and it was worse when it was not only front and center, it was top of the show. It was it was torture for many of us watching. It was look, when you're in the middle of the fucking quicksand, uh, it's hard to see that I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like like when you're in it, it you just think this is what it's going to be forever. And in hindsight, what the House of Torture needed to do was it needed to be the the ultimate heels so that when it's time for baby faces to be made baby faces, um, it makes that job, I don't even want to say a little bit easier, but it makes it uh, a little bit more impactful, right? Look. It's middle of the card. It's the never open weight championship. Um, 
Tamatanga is not terrible. He's actually pretty good. And in, and to hold a singles title, I, I have zero problem with it. And, and in fact, it's it's fun to watch the House of Torture get fucked over. It's fun. That's I don't know. I just I I'm I think people I don't I don't I think people want everything to be soup to nuts Tanahashi and Okada or yeah, it's never been like that. And it's, even right, the it's never been like that. Go back to 2017 or whatever. There is stuff on the mid card that people didn't like and bitched about. Like again, I just think this is the very very casual fans thinking that New Japan should be like Okada Omega, the whole way like top right. to bottom on the card, just in like different match lengths. Right. And and look throughout the history of this company, you had shit that I was like. My favorite fucking wrestler, my favorite fucking wrestler was in a faction that was, to me, one of the all-time worst, CTU. That that period with Liger stunk. I don't care what anybody says. It stunk. It's, and, and there's wrestlers. I mean, come on. Go through the history of this. Go through the fucking network. There's a lot of nonsense. There's plenty of nonsense. It's not all... This strong style. Look, the things that we love and the things that we enjoy and the things that, you know, that kind of float my boat. Yes, those. But, and again, let's be honest here too. We still get them. We get them. This year, main events, I would say have been really damn good. Better than if you told me they're going to be wrestling in front of crowds that can't fucking cheer. (laughs) Right? Imagine that. I think I think this year has been fantastic when it comes to the main events. And that's what New Japan has been built on. Yes, G1 is amazing. Wait till G1. This best of the Super Junior will be amazing. And I and and I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like I just think people watch like look, I'm I'm as biggest fan big a fan of of early 90s all Japan as anyone else. Trust me on that. I got every fucking show. I've seen it a million times. Not everything's that. And even that promotion had fucking Baba and Abdullah the Butcher and Kamala too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even that promotion, the holy grail of fucking pro wrestling had that. Okay? So take a step back. Relax. Yeah, I think people are projecting this sort of mythical idea of this perfect promotion where there's never any uh, dirty finishes, no cheating, no interference, just pure wrestling top top to bottom and thinking that is what New Japan was and what New Japan should be and then getting upset when it isn't that. It's, it's never been that. I can't. I mean, if you want that, you could go and watch All Japan or something. But, but here's uh, the thing. Even everybody has – All Japan has – again, the best of the, All Japan. Okay, maybe what? UWF? Guess what? UWF – uh, when it first started, it had Tiger Mask. <laughs> you know, go watch right? Terminus. What? I said go watch Terminus, <laughs> that new John Gresham promotion. Uh, anyway, so the, after this match, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows came out for the, the surprise post-match beatdown. Uh, look, they're not my favourites by any means. I'm not looking forward to them 
particularly in the tag division. But I will say this, crowd seemed into it for one. And secondly, like we know they're notorious for dogging it when they're not interested, like you know, dragging their heels on impact or whatever. I don't think they're going to do that in New Japan. I think they respect New Japan. They respect the crowds there. They've been waiting for this for a very long time. I think they're going to have their working boots on. Now, will that be good enough for our very high standards? That remains to be seen, but I'll give them a chance. We've got Carl, uh, I'm going to get mixed up with my cars, Carl Anderson challenging Tamatonga for the Never title at Dominion. If Carl sleepwalks through the Tama match, then I'll throw him under the bus. And I'm absolutely not going to use the 2012 G1 final as a, a, an everlasting shield with which to defend him because that was a decade ago, mate. You're not that guy anymore. But, you know, let's kick the tyres, see what you got come Dominion. And, and at the very least, it's a match with a ton of backstory and history between two of the, the Bullet Club OGs. So uh, let's, let's see how that goes. I think it's going to be good. I really do. I think... You're right. That that was that was ten years ago, Carl Anderson. And there's a lot of fucking things that happened between that G1 and where we are now. Even with that set, I mean, they're not going to go thirty minutes. <laughs> I mean, like they'll 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 keep it a reasonable distance. But they they look. I think Carl Anderson is is savvy enough as a as a pro wrestler to know what's expected of him in a singles match in New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be chicanery. It doesn't mean there might not, there might be a little bit of bullshit. This is Bullet Club, mind you. Um, But I think this is a fresh matchup, an interesting matchup. Again, Bullet Club OGs, as you said, and I'll never say again. But, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Let's not shit on it quite yet. Let's let's see what these two can do. And then we'll make a decision from there. So next was the seventh match with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship where the challenger, Taiji Ishimori, beat the champion, El Desperado, 40 minutes, 40 seconds with the bone lock. Uh, people have been down on Ishimori. I thought he was really good here. I think he's got terrific chemistry with Despi. Psychology was good. The, the shoulder against the knee. Some of the submission scrambles were smooth as silk. Smooth as silk, unlike my talking. Uh, particularly the pinche loco into the yes lock. That was flawlessly executed. So I thought they really maximized the time that they had. They had a match that told a great story. was technically excellent. It was different to everything else on the card. I was disappointed and surprised that Despi lost. But again, given the Bullet Club renaissance, I guess we should have seen the Ishimori win coming, the way that the winds were blowing. And it makes things really unpredictable for best of the super genius. But I thought it was a very, very good match. I did too. Did at the end of it, were did you kind of feel, wow, this is a really strong bullet club, bullet club centric kind of show. I got to be honest with you. I still didn't <laughs> like, like I know all this stuff had already happened. Um, I didn't, it didn't quite connect with me yet that this, that, that, more was to come. Uh, I th- I also think with Ishimori too. Like I think people more than just about anything else I can think of is people dig their heels in on an opinion, and they have a lot of difficulty moving from that opinion. Like, yes, it, when Ishimori decides to fucking phone it in, it's disappointing and frustrating, and and but it it doesn't happen all the time. But people have this in their mind that he's that worker. So no, even when it's good, it's not as good as it could be. Um, I I don't think 
he's a good champion. I don't, I, I don't think I've liked I liked him chasing more than I like him as champion. Um, and I still think, once again, I said it last week, I really feel like instead of of uh, Despi, I really feel like somebody's got to get revenge for a brutal, a brutal exit at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, I, I, I think that would be really interesting if that were to come to pass. How about this? Bray says, I feel this is the definite case. Want to get your take. Despi loses to Taiji Ishimori here for the eventual return match after winning Best of the Super Juniors. So do you think this increases Desperado's chances in Best of the Super Juniors? It, with that lineup, like who else? Do you have circled as a possible winner? I have no idea. This is what I love so much about this field. And again, maybe we should save this for next week. But yeah, but maybe Hiromu, but yeah. I have no yeah. clue. Right. Yeah, it is interesting. And I like it. Me too. I like not knowing what's going to happen. It's it's no fun when we can <laughs> correctly predict everything. So next week, big show. Don't miss it. Um, yeah. Let's move on then to the eighth match, which was the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Hiroshi Tanahashi defeat Tomohiro Ishii to win the vacant title. 23 minutes, 20 seconds, high fly flow. These two men have a combined age of nearly 100 years. What, 91 years? 45, yeah. 46? Look, uh, I, I am less enamored than many with the, the typical Ishii match. This wasn't it. This had elements of it, but this was tap on the shoulder, big Tom, we got a dome semi-main event to put on. Let's fucking go, Ishii. And what I loved about this were the little subversions from the typical Tanahashi match, right? right. The typical Ishii match, like you know, Ishii booting Tanner in the head when Tanner's doing the air guitar, and, and they changed each other's styles. Like Ishii dragged Tanahashi into a more aggressive style of match. You know, Tanahashi's usually all smiles and coolness, but there was that little moment where Ishii hit him with a lariat in the corner, and Tanner just barked in Ishii's face like an angry dog. And there, there were some really fun moments where they just the put angry faces at each other. The, the crowd audibly murmuring anticipation. Yeah, the headbutts too. Uh, and also for his part, I think Tanahashi pushed Ishii into a more technical style of match. And he was digging into the Choshu arsenal. He was slapping on Scorpion Deathlocks. He did a Mahastral. He even hit his own dragon suplexes and sling plates. Like, you know when guys start hitting each other's moves that it's a big match. We had Tanner kicking out the vertical drop brain buster, uh, teasing the Ishii driller. The closing stretch was just worked at a tremendous pace. Ishii doing his idiosyncratic defiance in the, the, the face of the inevitable. You know, he's, he, he does this. He's eating all the big power moves. He's staggering back to his feet, wobbling around on his stanky legs. You know it's only a matter of time before he stays down. And he knows it as well. We all know it. But he's going to keep getting back up until he can't do it anymore. Just an outstanding match. It was outstanding. They have got great chemistry. I think we forgot that because how infrequently they wrestle each other. And just a great example of a match that's very much more than the sum of its parts. And, you know, I, I make fun of the Ishii match sometimes. I think people often overrate what can be a, a pretty formulaic set, but this was a really fucking good match. And honestly, I think Ishii's having a low-key, really good year so far. I mean, between this, the Suzuki match, the Shingo match, the second Evil match, and I'll give him his flowers today. And, I mean, Hiroshi Tanahashi, what can we say about him? He's still doing it, Damon. Yeah. Still putting on matches of extremely high quality, showing 
Very few signs of dropping off, despite not being a regular main eventer anymore. I mean, someone asked me on Twitter where he ranks in all-time greats of pro and I think there's a strong argument for top five there. Um, uh-uh. I mean, my advice to all of you is just enjoy him. Like, treasure this man. He is a, a one-in-a-million-level talent, a, a superstar who's done everything, he's won everything, but he still goes out and puts on killer matches because that... That's his life. That's what he does. He, he's an absolute treasure to the pro wrestling industry. 100%. And, and truth be told, he's he's if he's not number one, he's top three. You know what I mean? Like, for, for me, greatest of all time. Um, and you're right. I mean, what, Ishii's 50? Isn't he 50? Let me think about that. He's either 49 or 50. He's, he's right there. I think he's like 45 or 46. Really? All right, mm. I'm going to say round up 50. <laughs> round up. Still, I mean, doing that at that. And trust me, the, between the shoulders and the knees, uh, you know, their bodies are, you know, that of like a, a hundred years old apiece. They have more miles on it than a, than a, than a used car. <laughs> Look, they are great. And you're right, when they do get the tap on the shoulder, it's and it's go time. Tanahashi's just such a fucking smart just just he he does he, it's not even just enough because it he 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 pushes it to just enough and then he always finds a, a, a fucking third gear to just give you that little bit more. That little bit more. That's what makes him great. He gives you everything he's got. He really and he does. always makes his opponents way better than they usually are as well. He always lifts his opponents. You know, he gives people their best matches. Like the, the Sonata match, the I, US title match recently, like Sonata's best match in ages. Yeah. And that's not a coincidence that it was opposite Tanahashi. And here's the thing with Ishii. That guy's putting on some fucking frequent flyer miles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's, it seems like every every time he turns around, he's either in the States, back to Japan, back in the States, back in Japan. He's all over the fucking place. Um, that's not easy to do. I mean, just think about the jet lag and the fuck. It's just like he's having a low-key great year, as he always does. <laughs> I mean, why are we shocked at this? Just, look, two absolute fucking pros. The problem is, is they're both right there at the same age, too. You know, it's like we'll 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 lose both of them probably around the same time um which is a little bit of a depressing thought but it is what it is we all get old can't turn back father time fuck you so just quick word on the u.s title there this belt feels like a big deal now like it's got some prestige on it not least because of these great matches tanahashi keeps having over it and i mean for me positioning this is the new Intercontinental title. Uh, Cactus Matt says, was retiring the IC title a positive move? It seems the US never and junior titles and even KOPW feel more prominent now. Um, they've done a decent job to me. I, I, I do miss the Intercontinental. I do. Um, it's They've done a good job. I'll tell you what, they've done a, a better job than even I thought when it comes to the US title. Like the U.S. title doesn't feel like a, a throwaway title anymore, um, so I think they've done a good job with that, and I'm excited for the Never. I mean, we got some fresh blood, got some new matches, but if I'm doing a pecking order, I'm probably doing World Title, 
I mean, U.S. title next, right? Then never. I think so, and, yeah. and especially the what we're seeing coming up on the cards for over in the states. Yeah, it feels big now. The title feels big. It does feel big. It does feel big. I will say that. Okay, uh, Dr. Gary says, is Juice Robinson the best birthday present Bullet Club has ever received? Uh, figure collectors, did Juice fall anyone else or just me? Um, well, first of all, I want to say, I think it was a great piece of mi- misdirection with Chase Owens coming out at first. And you're thinking, oh, God, okay, Chase is going to challenge. Yeah, he's got the G1 win over him. And then the swerve with Juice coming out. We got worked, every yep. single one of us. And I love it. I love being worked. Uh, you know, think how much worse this would have been if we'd been on the podcast last week saying, well, we've heard rumors Juice is going to be repackaged as a Bullet Club heel. That would have ruined it. This came totally out of left field. And I love, love, love it. I love Juice. I was bummed that he seemed to be on his way out. But nope, he's the smartest guy in the room. He said exactly the right things, pushed all the right buttons to make dopes like us say, well, he's finished. And fuck this guy, he stinks. So the turn, it makes all the sense in the world from a kayfabe perspective. After we all turned our back on him, we all wrote him off. We did this, Damon. We created this monster. And he played us like a fiddle. Bravo. I wish more wrestlers would do that. And a brilliant backstage promo afterwards, which you should check out if you haven't seen. Uh, So a couple of questions here. Andy says, do you think Bullet Club Juice will have a high ceiling or will he end up in the same position he's been in? Either way, I think this repackaging of him is exciting. Marcus says, how surprised were you by the Juice turn and return? I was not expecting either and was pleasantly surprised by both. This hasn't happened in a while. Your thoughts, please. Yes. Look, we are just like you said, we won... Great job by Juice in the sense of he sold it. He sold it like a motherfucker. Uh, everyone thought he was walking out the door. Uh, no social media. No hints. No, not leaving any bread of crumbs. Uh, yep. And then he comes out. He looked good, didn't he? He looked, he, he reminded me a little bit of like Brian Pillman-ish. Oh, Brian Pillman look. Uh he, and, and and again, the turn on Tanahashi, that's uh, that's 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 who he had to turn on. That, that perfect, love it. Again, if you're going to turn anybody heel, you turn on Tanahashi. Absolutely, I think I think uh, I think Juice is in for a nice little push. I think that I think that's that's a definite. Um, yeah, I was shocked, and that's what that's that was a great moment. I love it. I love being shocked. I love being surprised. Uh, and I and here's the thing. He's he's breathed new life into his career. Because if he was the same Juice Robinson, yep, you're right. He would be stale. Breathe new life into him. That's, I'm, I'm excited for it. It really is. It's one of those things where you didn't think you wanted it. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm excited for the promos, just him oh, shit yes. talking to everyone. It's, it's going to be very, very fun. Um, okay, so main event here was the ninth match, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Kazuchika Okada with his fourth defense against Tetsuya Naito, 34 minutes, 12 seconds, winning by the Rainmaker. Um, I feel Naito Okada is a few that never really gets the love or respect that it deserves from the Western fandom. The Naito fans know, the Okada fans know, they know how special these matches are and how... Technically, I'll say it, technically perfect they are. But each time they go out, they add intricate layers to their dynamics, to their story. It's like a like a, a beautifully woven tapestry. The wrestling, the long-term storytelling, it's, it's breathtakingly elegant intricacy. 
And a lot of Western fans, <laughs> they're like dogs listening to classical music. They're like, well, the first half was pretty boring. Not, not for me. Not for me. I, I mean, Naito, he went in with a perfect game plan here. He was composed. He was confident. He went methodically after Okada's neck. And Okada, for his part, he's wrestling in a much more powerful and precise manner. He carefully takes aim. He hits you hard and he puts you away. You just look at his drop kicks and his facial expressions. He owns that ring. He owns this championship, this, this whole company, right? He's the king. And look, Naito wasn't without his chances. We have built-in drama with a jackknife pin, the Povo de Estrella that put away Cobb and Okada himself in recent weeks. We have more callbacks to the Stardust Genius with the Gloria, the Puma Blanca. And look, those of us paying attention would appreciate, and Chris Charlton pointed this out as well, Naito's the first person to survive the, the drop kick landslide tombstone combo so when he countered those with the destino that was a big moment and and this is what i mean about them adding layers to it each time they meet it was a big near fall and i bit on that i suspect i'm not alone but it was just that little delay before the pinfall cost him and the stardust press misses again yeah. because this okada knows it's coming now worked at wrestle kingdom 14 probably not going to work anymore naito he's you know defiantly fighting his way out of the next landslide attempt he's not having it and that moment where he slaps Okada, it was like, like he sent Okada into his ultimate beast mode. And Okada, it's like he's calling on the power of the legends of Japanese wrestling past. Like he'd absorb their powers with the Inoki Inzugiri, the Cobra Twist, Misawa's Emerald Flosion, then the Rainmaker. Damn near knocked Naito out of his boots. What an incredible, iconic finishing moment there. Like Kazuchika Okada, he is Japanese professional wrestling right now. It was like a, a, an Elden Ring boss fight. You go in, you got the perfect build, perfect strategy. You dodge, you counter everything perfectly. Then the boss just hits you with a ridiculous flurry, wrecks your shit, and you're dead. If you know, you know. Yeah. A great match. A great match. Yep. And it's and it's and it is a true statement that they're able to do that and not make it feel like oh, I've seen this again. Like that, that might be the thing that stands out to me the most. Like, no, none of the matches feel like, oh, I've seen this before. And it still gives you those little callbacks, those little moments um, in all their previous matches. Like, they're like, they do such a masterful job of having a match and then taking elements of that first match and putting it in their second match but still making it different. And then the third d- doing the same. And yes, they are opponents that are, that are familiar with each other. They have wrestled before. Yes. But man, they just find creative, fun, smart. And they reward the people that have been into it. Like if you're a Naito fan or you're an, uh, uh, an Okada fan, like, you really, really, really – I would be shocked if you don't appreciate these series of matches with these guys. Like, like, because you're there for the whole ride. And you've and, – and, and all those little breadcrumbs and all those little, little treats that lead you to, to the finish of this particular match, man, they had to be fucking enjoyable for everybody, Right. Like if you're following, like that's that's one of the main reasons why I really love this promotion, because the the wrestlers themselves put on performances that reward you for sticking with the story, 
Like, it could very easily have been paint by numbers and let's just have an Okada Naito match. And I don't know. But you can't even say that. Like, what would you, what would be the template? Like, because they build off of one another. Like, they're just masterful craftsmen to be able to do that consistently. And guess what? If they wrestle again, know damn well that it's not going to be the same match, but they'll use elements in every match that led up to that. Masterful. Absolutely fucking masterful. Should also point out that uh, Naito is going to be undergoing eye surgery, according to Tokyo Sports, to repair superior oblique muscle paralysis in his right eye. That was causing him to have double vision. I have uh, that. He said it's in worse shape now than when he first underwent surgery in 2019. Uh, so he's going to be taking a break over Best of the Super Juniors to allow for the eye surgery. So we wish him well for that. I mean, he's wrestling these incredible matches with double vision. That's how fucking good Naito is. So let's give while, him yeah. some love as well. Yeah, yeah. since 2019, he had the first... Uh, first surgery remember we heard like talk about him retiring right do you remember that like yeah that, that, we that. we had heard that this eye thing was a big deal like, a big problem for him so hopefully yeah. this sorts it out yeah fingers crossed uh, okay uh, I should point out that Jay White returned afterwards Ooh. and there was a big uh, I know <laughs> you may have forgotten you might have forgotten uh what are your thoughts on this uh, return of Jay White, you know, Bullet Club altogether, your thoughts on the Bullet Club story? I mean, first of all, I just want to say how great it is that we're back in a time where people can show up in Japan as surprises without having all the visa restrictions and the quarantine to hammering over. It just, this guy's turned up. I can't believe it. I wasn't expecting that. And Jay White was one of them. And again, if you've been paying attention and seeing the way the wind was blown with all this Bullet Club stuff, you could have probably predicted what was going to happen. Uh, we had, uh, where's this, the Discord? So Liam says, hi, friends. What warm-ups do you recommend before running long victory laps? Uh, you will know You will know after today's show. Mark says, I would like to be the first to congratulate Jay White for getting over his fear of airplane food and flight attendants. <laughs> so Damon, Jay White, he is back. What do you think of this? Fantastic. Fantastic. Like, that was the big name. I remember doing that interview with uh, Kevin Kelly. And... Like that was the biggest name that we were like, well, why? What's going on? And again, he, the visa issues, and and um, he wanted to be a uh, become a U.S. citizen, so green card issues, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it felt good over a year, over a year for him. It's exactly a year, wasn't it? Because his last appearance in Japan was at Dontaku. Yeah, so. At the angle at the end. And here's the thing, too. I, I didn't expect him to show up. I didn't. Like, Okada's cutting that promo in the ring. And I kind of, like, people left the building. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like that was it. And then you heard the fucking, like, whoa, what the fuck? But I was I was annoyed with myself. I was like, oh, I should have known it was going to be Jay White. It, it was all <laughs> pointing in that direction. It, I mean, the night, yes. The night, absolutely, but... And here's the thing, too. Not for nothing. Uh, the balls that New Japan had to, to to go all in. Like, like they gave us shit at the end of... Like, it felt like every match had a little something, right? Gave you gave you a little taste of something. Um, it definitely set the stage for a, for a very, 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 very interesting summer. Between this and uh, what's on tap here in the States fucking forbidden door washington show 
I mean, we got some we got some interesting shit going down. Um, I, I was surprised. I was thrilled because to me, that was a big name that pretty much signified that 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 we made it. Like that's really the feeling I got. We fucking made it. Yeah, I think. I mean, my overall thoughts on the show. I think this is a show for us Shinihon freaks who stuck with the company through all the shit, the dark times and invest in the storylines and can find appreciation and joy into, you know, matches like this, moments like, uh, like it's more than like Jado turning, uh, Juice's betrayal, G.O.D. getting their redemption, Tama getting his first singles title, Tanahashi Ishii rolling back the years, uh, Okada and Naito's beautiful series. Like to an outsider, you know, the kind of fan, like I said, who just drops in for twice a year for the big events. I can see why on paper it's not exciting. Fair enough. You like what you like. You know, oh, Juice is the big surprise. Oh, Okada and Naito wrestling each other again. Oh, it's Anderson and Gallows again. Ugh, Bullet Club. They stink. Ugh, House of Torture keep cheating. This company sucks. I get it. But uh, they're wrong. It's actually good. But only clever and cool people understand why it's good. So there you go. Um, Full on bullet, the full-on push of Bullet Club seems mighty convenient. Are they trying to rekindle the 2014s now that everything is opening up and with AW in play? And Louis says the Bullet Club is running wilder than ever. Honestly, who can stop them? Will it be a combined effort of LIJ, Chaos, and United Empire? So Bullet Club front and center here. I mean, we're just we're continuing. We were told this is going to be a four-year story. This sort of Bullet Club civil war, lots of twists and turns. We got a ton of them just in one night here. Um, I'm into it. You know, I, I'm not the biggest Bullet Club fan, but I think they're doing a really good job in making this exciting. No doubt, no doubt. And I, and here's the thing too. I mean, with with everything, let me ask you this: If you are asked, you go to an AEW show, and you go to, or you go to an indie show here in the states, and you say, "Hey, pro wrestling fam." Uh, do you watch that new, or better yet, not even do you watch when I say new Japan pro wrestling, what's the first thing that comes to your head? I guarantee you eight out of 10 are going to say bullet club, right? I don't think I'm wrong in that. It, 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 it makes sense. Like these are the people that they, they, they might not know every member of fucking bullet club, but they're going to wear that fucking t-shirt and maybe just maybe knowing that. Bullet Club is running wild. They might tune in again. Probably would. I would. Why not? Makes sense. And it does feel fresh. It doesn't feel Our stale. Says House of Torture was not out at the end of the show. Oh, sorry. You were, you're still good. No, you go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Oh, you. Go ahead. Uh, it says House of Torch was not out at the end of the show with the rest of the Bullet Club. Do you reckon there'll be some sort of split? Also, the big question, where does Kenta fit in all of this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your question. My answer to your question is exactly, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what we've been saying. And uh, I know the uh, Voices of Wrestling team, flagship, had, had been saying that for a while. That, again, this is going to be a long-term storyline feud. That will be centered around this civil war done right. So, yep, I think I think that the, where Kenta lands, absolutely. Who who moves, who stays, what what what? Yeah, make, exactly. Uh, we've got some match announcements for Dominion. We touched on them before. We've got Carter against Jay White for the 
heavyweight title. Tamatonga against Carl Anderson for the never title. Carl on the cob against Chase and Owens for Chase and Farley for the tag titles. And then Shingo against Taichi for KOPW. So already looking to be a pretty stacked show over at Dominion. So question then, Troy says, who's going into Forbidden Door as the IWGP heavyweight champion? So of course, Forbidden Door is shortly after Dominion. Do they want Okada to be seen as the guy in New Japan for the Western audience or Jay as the guy replacing him? Uh, Festive Dwarf says, how long is this Okada ring going? Do you think he makes it to Wrestle Kingdom? So, I mean, first of all, who do you think is taking that belt into Forbidden Door? Well, let me ask you this. On one hand, and I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm going to give you two scenarios and I'll explain, give you reasons why. One, if Okada is still the champ, he is the face of the fucking company and arguably the best wrestler on the roster. Um, And again, the face of the promotion, right? Like he is, just like you said, he is the champion and the the top of the mountain when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So him going into that show, I think, adds a lot of shine. But let me throw this at you. If Okada's champion, we might not see that dream match that everyone's looking forward to. We might not see him wrestle a stud AEW guy because he's champion. The stud AEW guy might not want to lose or the promotion might not want that stud to lose. And of course, we're not losing the title. So how do you work around that? You give Jay the belt. You give Jay the belt. So Jay can go in and he doesn't have to necessarily face one of those top dogs. You can face somebody else, New Japan or AEW. But Okada going in and wrestling singles match against a stud. Again, I'm speculating. I'm just, I'm, trust me, this is not a, a sandwich situation. We are not pastramiing. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. It's going to be a lot easier to have a real sexy dream match in Chicago with him not being the champion than with him being the champion. You want a spicy prediction to really put the cat among the pigeons with this Bullet Club story as well? How about Prince Devitt in the G1? Ooh. I know what? Wow. With all Devitt. So, uh, watch I mean, his face. we'll see. That would be sexy. I think every, I don't, I don't think anybody would hand wave that. That's for fucking sure. G1's going to be amazing. I mean, we're getting a little taste of it in Best of the Super Junior. The only problem that I have is. A lot of those sexy names, again, you're taking a month off and you're going to Japan. Right? You gotta you gotta be you gotta find the guys that are willing to do that. I mean, it's there's a big difference between sitting there with a microphone and being like, Yep, I I would definitely do that. That would be a dream of mine, and then okay, you're away from your family for a month. You don't necessarily have to. We'll see. But I really think it's gonna be so fucking great. Boy, I can't wait. I think there's a lot of exciting possibilities now. And I think, you know, there's, there was just a lot of talk. You know, Okada mentioned it himself, says cheering hopefully will be back soon. If we get cheering back in time for G1, you know, all bets are off at that point. Anyone could be there. You know, Brian Danielson said he would go over there if cheering's allowed. So that's just the final piece of the puzzle we're waiting for. So prayer circle, please. Um, okay, I'm going to quickly do strong before we get out of here because I need to get ready and go to work. So first match was DKC defeating Kevin Knight, seven minutes, 45 seconds with a reverse double armbar. These matches always fascinate when two young lines who, who come in roughly at the same time face off after a few months. Very interesting benchmark on their progress, their development, 
how the company see them. So I think both these guys should be aiming for future best of the super juniors, maybe even next year, year after that. I think Kevin Knight's got a higher ceiling. He's a tremendous athlete, very charismatic as well. Uh, DKC may be a shade above him technically at this point. A lot of fun to watch, very energetic, very dynamic. He's got a beautiful crucifix driver, nice range of submissions, and him picking up the win here is a real feather in his cap, in my opinion. Then second match, we had Mascara Dorada defeating TJP in 10 minutes, 50 seconds with a Dorada screwdriver. And to me, like I mentioned earlier, this this match is the biggest indicator that I think New Japan wanted Dorada in best of the Super Juniors. And of course, this is a rematch of the WWE Cruiserweight Classic final. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. This was a very, very good match. A, a great mix of TJP's unique grappling and submissions. Dorada's smooth, high-flying arsenal. Absolutely worth checking out if you missed it. And a bit of afters post-match with TJP unmasking Dorada. And I suspect this was intended to continue in the B block, but alas, we're not going to get that. Uh, not in Japan, at least for now. And the main event was Ren Narita losing to Jay Lethal in 12 minutes, 17 seconds with a lethal injection. Um, I can't watch a Ren Narita match and come up with any other analysis than this guy really reminds you of Shibata. So that's what you're getting. Uh, very good match. Ren got busted up. The blood gets an automatic extra half star. He just, he really looks the part, the way he performs, the intensity, the ferocity, the execution of the strikes and the suplexes. Um, he did do the thing at the end, so specifically to annoy me, which is the kneel and bow and shake hands with Jay Lethal. So can we please, for me, just once have one of these guys say, fuck you, spit in their face or something. I'm not asking much. Just just completely disrespect a, a highly decorated <laughs> veteran opponent, please. Right. And, and that was New Japan Strong. And uh, yeah, the uh, last thing I will mention is this uh, four-way match with the US title. We're going to have a capital collision. So this would be Osprey, Tanahashi, Moxley and Juice. Uh, so Adam says the, fa- the four- fatal four for the US title should be announced in around uh, an hour from this tweet. Who do you think is winning? Who do you think is taking the pin? Do they just do Tana pinning Will? Like what would have happened at Don Tagger? You know, you know what? Let's save that for when we preview Capital Collision. I'm not going to let you answer that one, Damon. So right. uh, I'm going to go and get ready for work. So let's do it. Uh, Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. Discord link if you want to join the fun. You can send me a, a private message on Twitter and I'll send you a code. At Cobra Kawaii, ProWrestlingTees.com for SuperJCast for our t-shirts. Big thanks to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.